Welcome, everyone. Polar Opposites, Spencer Byers, Cajun, Theru, Thanny Castle. Welcome in. Cage, big week of basketball. We had, we yep. had to move yet last week's episode from Monday to Tuesday because of some work requirements you had today. Luckily, we're not getting messed with today, so we're back to our regular scheduled programming. And easy start today. Raptors, big win in overtime against the San Antonio Spurs, able to beat the heroics of Victor Wembanyama and those San Antonio Spurs. And now, Cage, I don't remember when it was, but when we did our top 10 position groups, I think it may have been only two weeks ago, just about. Probably was. It was just, I think it might have been just before the season started. Which I believe was about two weeks ago, relatively yeah. two weeks ago. Yeah. You put Victor Wembanyama in your best power forwards list in the NBA. And I got eviscerated by you in the process. And so and I was rather hesitant at that synopsis. And I still am rather hesitant at putting him so high. But he's really starting to show, show me and to everybody else that maybe, just maybe, by the end of the year, you'll be right. Maybe he'll get to that, you know, top four power forward, top five power forward ranking. Because there's nobody like him. There's literally that's, nobody. That's why you don't know where to put him. There's literally nobody like him, and he's. And I think defensively, you knew he was gonna be like he's gonna catch on because of, because of like damn he's, he's too tall. He's just too tall. He's too tall. I think offensively was going to be the question of how he can adjust. I gotta tell you, Spence, like that fifth game, his fifth game against Phoenix, with Devin Vassell going out like in that first half because of a gourd strain. Luckily, it's not too serious. He should be back during this two-game road trip that the Spurs are going to be on. Um, but he's but he's ahead of schedule offensively. And that's a scary thought for the rest of the NBA. 38 points. They finally gave him the ball, which kind of pissed me off yesterday because I'm like, you're the best player on the floor. You're the tallest guy on the floor. You, like... How do you have just 16 shot attempts? Like, like San Antonio needs to find a way to be, to like give give him the ball because there's nobody that can guard that high. If he shoots over the top, you you just have to pray that he misses. And that Phoenix game kind of show showcase how he how good he can be offensively. Well, Cage, I'm going to interrupt you here to say in that Phoenix game, he had 38 points, 10 rebounds, two blocks, two assists, only two turnovers in 35 minutes of play, and a win over those Phoenix Suns, if I'm not mistaken, Cage. In a win, in a win too. And um, now the Spurs team is going to go through some growing pains, but they can be a sneaky play-in team. The talent's there. Well, Cage, in that Phoenix game that we were talking about, he is only the third teenager ever to have 35 plus points, 10 plus rebounds, and two plus locks and or two plus blocks. Pardon me in a game. Wembenyama, LeBron James, and Kevin Durant. Wow, that's if there's gonna be two guys you're compared to, I take those two. Any day of the week. And twice on Sunday. And twice on Sunday too, but. I stick by the ranking. I stick I stick by the ranking that I put him at four. Honestly, if he continues his production, that four that that fourth spot might might end up being too crazy enough, that might end up being too that might end up being too low. 
I don't want to hear that right now, Cage. Let's let the young man play more than what seven games. Let's 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 actually let him get a, you know six games for the Spurs. You know what? Let's let's allow him a chance to you know have some growing pains before we start talking he, about top ten players, top ten power forwards in basketball. And he will have growing pains, and he's and he's had growing pains. The Clippers game was an addict, an indication of that. But he's got to be fed the ball at all times. And then revolve revolve the offense around him. Like I think Pop's gonna start doing that though. I think Popovich is seeing what Wembenyama is comfortable doing, and is gonna start feeding the ball more. And I also want to add one more thing about that Phoenix game. That 38 points is tied for third most by a Spurs rookie, three points back of David Robinson, who has the record of 41 by a Spurs rookie. Which, in all honesty, Cage, I would not be surprised if Wembenyama breaks David Robinson's record. And Robinson was a lot older than Wembenyama is because he didn't come over when he got drafted. He spent two more years at the Naval Academy because he went to Navy, got his got his license as an admiral, and that's why he nicknamed, of course, was the Admiral. He became an admiral of the Navy and then came back to the NBA after that. So his career started later than Wembenyama's. So Wembenyama's rookie 38 points is way more impressive than Robinson's 41 because he's, what, four years younger? Just about? He is four years younger, but he's also played at a pro level. So, like, those guys like Wemby, Luka, Jokic, those guys have experienced playing pro those guys have experienced playing pro ball before coming into the NBA and have been more used and have been more comfortable to the NBA because they've like, they've had to deal with the physicality of the other leagues. I would say, I would say it's such a surprise that he's adjusted this quickly, but in terms of like the physicality, I'm not surprised that he has adjusted because like, like the league that he was in before, it's safe to say it's a lot more physical than that of the NBA. Well, yeah, the Euro style definitely is the European style of ball is def- definitely true. I want to mention David Robbins started it started in twenty age twenty four in, in eight, 1990 was his first season in the NBA with the San Antonio Spurs. He was drafted two years before that at age twenty two and did not play because again he was sticking at the Naval Academy at Navy to get his to to finish his schooling. Mm-hmm. So. That's, again, a difference. That's a five-year swing. David Robinson was a man when he came to the NBA. Victor Romanyama is 19. Like, he's still a kid, and he's putting up 38 in an NBA game. And yet, again, we talk about the size and the, and the special skills that he's got, which, are, which is all true. All of that is true. All of those things Cage and I talk about are true. He is a yep. special talent. His size is unmatched for what, he, for what he's able to do. His dribbling and shooting at his size is not normal. Is not normal. It's becoming more normal with guys like him and Chet Holmgren, but it's still not normal yet. But, It'll be normal very soon, though. Well, we're getting, I think we're inching closer to the game where we got, you know, if you're under six foot eight, you don't play, which again, kind of ruins it for Curry, ruins it for guys like that, who made a little guys like me think, oh, I can play in the NBA guys. I can shoot the three. And then all the six foot eight guys went, oh, wait, all I got to do is really shoot threes. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. Like acting like no guy over six foot five can hit a three. Like what a joke that is. So all of a sudden we've gone back to, we're drafting big. So first overall now, why? Because the six, the seven footers can shoot now, all of them. Like, but it, I don't it, know. 
How many bigs now get drafted that actually can't shoot in the first round? How many? Three, maybe? Maybe? Maybe. Maybe. And then they develop it as they go in their NBA career, like Al Horford, for example. A guy who never shot a three in his life with the Hawks, and now he's just gone over as basically a three-ball merchant for the Celtics. Well, Al Horford had a had touch in the mid-range to start it off. I'm not saying he didn't. I'm just saying that three ball wasn't splashing in in Atlanta like it is in Boston. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, But but there was a time and place where big shooting threes was frowned upon. Now it isn't. Thank you, Kevin Durant. Now moving over to the other side. Moving over to the winner's cage in the Toronto Raptors. Huh? Well, Dirk played the four, not the three. I mean, yeah, but he's seven feet. He kind of revolutionized like I, big shooting. I'm not hey, Dirk. You said three though, and I think threes is more Kevin Durant. If you saying the shoot stretch four, oh, that's all Dirk. Okay, okay. But the stretch three, that's that's KD in my opinion. That's KD. And obviously, there was guys before that as well, but they weren't played as much as Kevin Durant was. And funny enough, been. he's more of a. Funny enough, ironically, Katie's more of a mid-range guy than he is a three-point guy. Well, now I think early in his career he was more of a three-point shooter. And now we are again. I'm not gonna have the argument over how tall he is because I know he's listed at like six nine, six ten. We all know he's seven feet tall. We all know he's seven feet tall. Anyway, when we go to the winners of the San Antonio Spurs game, they were Toronto Raptors, who came out 123-116 winners in the most recent Victor Wamanyama game, who continues to impress. He had 20 and 9 rebounds in the loss. Scotty Barnes. Five, five blocks, too. As oh, five blocks. Of course he did. But as um or as uh Jack Armstrong and or I can't remember the play by place name for the Raptors cage. Matt what is Devlin. this? Matt Devlin. I knew, I knew it was up. I knew it last time with a D. I can't remember his first name. Matt Devlin. Scotty B had 30 points, 11 rebounds, and six assists to basically propel his team to an overtime victory. They were helping down, out I the think. fantasy team, might I add. Oh, both of ours too. And um, <laughs> can't believe I have Scotty Webby and Oscar Thompson on the same team. That's nuts. Um, but. 27 of those 30 points came in the second half. And what's more impressive if this was a 19-point comeback from comeback from being down 19 at the half. Scotty Barnes is a G. He's that guy. And may and all it took. Now I'm not saying this this was Nick Nurse's and Fred Van Vliet's doing, but it's not a coincidence since both of them both of them left. And Scotty Burns has been given the keys to the offense. It's not a coincidence that he's doing this. He's being Cage. given more freedom. I, I want to interrupt you for one second, Cage. I want to tell you this fun fact, and you're going to hate me for it. In the first half, the Raptors scored 35 points. In the first half, first two quarters of play, they scored 35 points. In the third quarter, they scored 36 points. In the fourth quarter, they scored 39 points. And in a five-minute overtime, they scored 13 points, the same number they scored in the second quarter. So in seven less minutes of play, they scored the same amount of points in overtime. Anyway, continue. I mean, I can't hate you for that. The the, the stats are the stats. They They played like absolute garbage in the first half, offensively. No questions asked. Um... But it's amazing to see how he's grown. It's amazing to see how he's grown and he's like, and he's finally been unleashed this season. 
And I know the Raptors are three and four. There's still a lot of kinks in the offense, and there's there's still a lot of work to be done. Hence the 35 first half points that can happen, especially against a team that, aside from Wemby in the paint, doesn't have the greatest defensive paces around him. But even though they're three and four, the fact that Scott that Scotty Barnes can take over the road take over as that number one option, the fact that he's showing it, especially from behind the arc, because the growth in his shooting in, in his shoot in his three point shooting from la from the first two seasons to now has been night and day. It's like it's like he's a different it's like he's a different person shooting. And the jump shot looks more fluid. He's a lot more confident. There was like a I think you showed me a, possess, a possession in which he just bodied Jeremy Sohan and dunked on him. Yeah, so give give an example. If you haven't seen the clip, I saw it's on the score. I would recommend watching it because what happens is Scotty Barnes catches, I'm pretty sure it was an offensive rebound. He's like halfway down the block. He's like midway to the rim. He's got Jeremy Sohan behind him. And Sohan's about the same size as him and is, was a really good defender in college ball with the Baylor uh, Bears under Coach Scott Drew. Mm-hmm. And Barnes went bump once, bump twice, jumps up and slams it on Jeremy Sohan. Literally bodies Jeremy Sohan under the rim, jumps up and slams it in his face. I, I, how many guys can actually do that? Like, Bump a guy once, bump a guy twice, create enough space to be able to dunk it at the rim. Like body a guy uh, so bad around his size, it's not a mismatch really. Like Sohan's about six eight, I think six seven six eight, playing the point guard role right now for San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Like we're not talking about a guy who's four inches smaller, you know, fifty pounds less. We're talking about a guy around the same size who got literally bullied under the to under the rim and then dunked on. Put on a poster. Like, in awe. And he's shown something new after each game. Taking over down the stretch, fourth quarter and overtime. Also, shout out to OG, Ogugwa and Anobi Jr. You know, I love to say Govy names on this, so we're going to be saying his Govy name. Um, seven threes. I believe that's a career high. Had a putback that sent the game to overtime. Um... And I think what is really underrated in all this is the play of Dennis Schroeder. Um, he's not trying to do too much. No disrespect to Fred Van Vliet. His without his heroics in that 2019 fi- in the 2019 NBA Finals, Toronto would not have gotten a title. But the ball stuck with, but the ball was sticking with Fred Van Vliet. At the one, at the at the guard, at the point guard, and there was a lot of instances in which shot clock was winding down, and he had to throw up a shot, a lot of dribbling. Schroeder hasn't been doing that, and sure, it's led to a lot of turnovers, but a new system, a a new system, new roles, it's bound to happen. Um. But the ball is zipping, and like guys are more, uh, like some guys are more in that, like enamored with their new role, and it's, and it's not a, and it's not a coincidence that it's 
uh, that Dennis Schroeder is at the helm of it, who's finally getting an opportunity to run the point. And it's paid dividends, at least for at, le- at least for him and Scotty Barnes. What it hasn't paid dividends for, and like I'm kind of a little worried about this, uh, I'm kind of very concerned about this, is Pascal Siakam's not being aggressive enough. Well, to mention that, Cage, Pascal Siakam played 36 minutes in the win over San Antonio. He had eight points, five assists, and six rebounds. Pascal has been, put it pl- put it bluntly, has not been the same player as he was last year. Mm. No. A lot more inconsistent, like, and his yeah. shooting percentages are down as well. And not by and a little like, bit. By a lot, and may and I'm just hoping like teams are going to respect Scotty from behind our arc now. He's now that he's knocking down threes, and maybe that will open up some lanes for Siakam to attack the rim. But this is concerning. Like an All NBA player, um, made the All Star team too. Was pivotal in that 2019 run with the Raptors. It's concern. It's it, it is just seven games, but it's concerning that he has not figured it out. Like now, it was going to be like a. But keep this in mind too. Keep this in mind too. Like Pascal, uh, Pascal, and I want to say to a degree, OG. Those two guys have played under a certain type of system for so long. Whether it was under Dwayne Casey or Nick Nurse, but Nick Nurse was at the helm of that for for years. Now it's under a different system, and now it's under a different system, and can't really hold on to the ball as much in Darko Ryakovich's new system, and on something that emphasizes ball movement. And I think. Out of everybody that's been affected by it, he's been affected by it the most. And credit where credit is due, he's not taking a whole bunch. He's not hijacking the offense by taking a whole bunch of shots. Um, is he inefficient? Yes, but he only took twelve shots. OG took more shots. Scotty Barnes took more shots. Shooter Shooter took more shots. He hasn't hijacked the offense, but he's got to find a way to be more assertive and pick his spots aggressively within the offense. Because if he can, this Raptors team is going to look like a, look a whole lot more dangerous. And that three and four record is going to be a lot better. Well, moving off of the Raptors and just the Spurs game, I want to give a little update. So Cajun and I, on the same episode, we talked about our top 10 position ranks. I think actually, no, the week before we did our standings, I believe. But we also did our standings of where we thought teams were going to finish this year around the same time we did our position rankings and et cetera. Now, we're going to talk about the top team in the East, but I put them at two. The Boston Celtics currently undefeated, the lone undefeated team left in the NBA. I had the Bucks number one. They're right now fifth. And again, to mention, teams have either played between five and seven games. The Celtics have played five. The Bucks have played five. The Raptors have played seven. So... There's still some room to make up for some of the other these teams to make their way up or down the the uh, the standings, but notwithstanding, this is what the standings look like right now in the Eastern Conference. It goes Celtics, Sixers, Hawks, Magic, Bucks, Nets, Pacers, Cavs, Raptors, 
Hornets at the last play-in spot, and then out of the playoffs right now would be the Miami Heat, the New York Knicks, the bot or the Detroit Pistons, the Chicago Bulls, and the Washington Wizards. The Wizards, you and I both I think put last because they're going to be horrible. Yep. I have the Hornets out of the playoffs right now. They're in. Right now, the Heat had a bad start. The Knicks have had a bad start. I had the Hawks just in. They're right now third in the conference. And I had the Magic just in the last play-in spot. They're right now fourth in the conference. So you got to expect right now the Heat are going to make their way back. The Knicks are going to make their way back. I hope the Pistons were going to be better. I'm not sold on that right now. But my problem is, Gage, if the Heat and Knicks get better, who does that make fall out? Does the Magic fall back down to earth? Do the Hawks fall back down to earth? Is it the Nets that fall down to earth? Is it one of the teams we don't expect, like the Cavs who are right now three and four, tied with the Raptors? The Pacers are three and three? Well, the Cavs did also have a great win against the Warriors yesterday. So that's a good that, – that that might get them going. Pacer, Pacers, um, they did have Tyrese Halliburton now for like a game or two, I believe. But they did also have quite a bad loss against the Hornets in, in which um, they couldn't even get a shot up in the final possession. Um, but, yeah, um, I think the Magic – I think the Magic start is for real. I think they've – I think they've kind of figured some things out, and I think a statement win for that was them against the Lakers. No Wendell Carter Jr., no Markel Fultz. Now, I know they're not Paolo Bancaro or Franz Wagner, but they're key cogs in that Magic team. They're both starters. They're both starters, and they wiped the floor with the Lakers. Plain and simple. Like, that Magic team, I... Honestly, that Magic team, I think will stay in the playing picture. I think they've got way too much talent not to. Um, Mo Wagner has filled in well, and Goga Pataze out of like out of nowhere filled in a big role for them. Five blocks um, against the Lakers. Um, so I think the Magic will stay there, but it's also the other possibility. What if the Heat and Knicks don't pick Get it better? Back? I mean, that'd be really interesting, wouldn't it? Do they sell? Because the Heat were in the Lillard sweepstakes. Do they sell? Do they buy? What do they do? They were in the NBA Finals. Yeah. And Mr. Jimmy Butler, you know, that bump. That guy doesn't show up for the regular season. Doesn't show up for 82 games. You know, I'm I'm just saying the the theoretical, because I had the Knicks at four in my conference. I had the Heat at seven because I know they have bad regular seasons and they lost Gabe Vincent and they lost Max Struess. And now they're having a bad start. The Knicks having a bad start. Philly has a good start, even without James Harden. You know, I'm, I, the Eastern Conference might get interesting down the stretch. Like, again, we're only between yeah. five and seven games in, but this Eastern Conference is already starting to look really interesting. And we're not even a little bit into this season. So as we get in 20, 30 games, this Eastern conference is really going to start shaping up between who are the, who are the contenders and who are their pretenders in the East. Mm-hmm. And then over to the West, before we get to my Boston Celtics, the, by, uh, by the way, by the way, before, before we get to the West, yeah, the Celtics have two other Celtics. I won. Let's just get that out of the way. Yeah. I know you had the Celtics at one and I had the Bucks at two. 
But over to the West, the Nuggets right now are the best team in the West. I think you had that. I have them at two. I actually had the Nuggets at two. You did. You we both had the Suns then, didn't we? Yeah. We must have. We must have both had the Suns. Don't we put anybody else above them? The Suns right now are tenth in the Western Conference. So but the West top Booker to bottom. And Beal for the majority of that season. I think they had Booker for what the first game. First he's heard ever since. They've had. They've had. Him they haven't had Beal yet. And they haven't had Beal yet, so they're still they're they're still battling injuries somehow. So from top to bottom, it goes Denver Nuggets, Mavericks are number two, which you and I both didn't expect because of what they looked like last year at the end of the year. They've fi- obviously figured out how to make Kyrie and Doncic work, and they've also had Kyrie hurt for some of these games. The mm-hmm. Warriors are three, the Pelicans are four, which is a big surprise. The Timberwolves are five, tied with the Clippers at six, Lakers at seven. Spurs are at eight, Thunder at nine. As I said, the Suns are at the 10 spot, the last play in. Then out of the playoffs right now would be the Trailblazers, the Rockets, the Sacramento Kings with only five games played. So they do have some games to make up and everybody else. The Utah Jazz 14 and the Memphis Grizzlies 15. They finally got their first one of the season yesterday. But and they came and they and, and it looked like they were about to lose that game too, but Portland just sputtered. Actually, no, 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 not even sputtered. Just completely went off the rail. Went went off the tracks offensively, and not they went, off, good they went off the trail, Cage. They went off the trail. They went off the trail, and Desmond Bain did his thing. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. had some key buckets in the paint late. And oh my God, Cage! I, I just looked at the score box, uh, the box score. So if you haven't seen the Memphis game, one twelve, one a one hundred winner for for Memphis. They had a 30-14 fourth quarter lead, thirty points to fourteen for the Trailblazers in the fourth quarter. The Trailblazers gave it away. Yeah, gave it away. And I want to, I want to see, I like, I was watching that game too. Um, so you had the good graces of watching this catastrophe. Yeah, in live much. action, in real time. Okay. So their last their last points were on a pair of Malcolm Brogdon free throws with 5-11 to go in the game. They did not score the rest of the way. Their last field goal was a Jeremy Grant three-pointer with 8 13 left in the fourth quarter. Ooh. That yeah, that that's not sputtering. That that's that's full-blown nuclear. That that's that's Chernobyl right there. That's horrible. Oh, that's oh, that's painful to listen to. Oh God. You're telling me. And you watched it. Okay, oh, better man. I would have turned that garbage off. You know why I watched it. It doesn't need to be said. Oh God. Cajun back in back into the um, sports betting and winning money, might I add, but we'll get into that later down the line. Yeah. Um, but now skipping over some losers in Memphis who are one and six on the year. Let's talk about the undefeated Boston Celtics, the lone undefeated team in basketball. Yep. They have absolutely shellacked a couple teams. They've snuck out with a win, you know, the opener against the Knicks. But since they beat the Knicks by four. They beat the Heat by eight, the the Wizards by, I think that's what, 19? Yep. The Nets by 10, and the Pacers by uh, 51. So they now take on the Timberwolves tonight. They got to play the Sixers on Wednesday, and then they start their 
in-season tournament group stage against the next uh, Nets on Friday. So we'll be back before the beginning of the Celtics play-in tournament. But So they'll have played two games by the time we come back next on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Cage, do you see them losing to the Sixers? Because I think the Celtics are going to shellack the Timberwolves tonight. And if I'm wrong, then I will take my... I'll wick my wounds on Thursday, but I think the Celtics are going to shellack the Timberwolves. Do the Celtics sure lose to the Sixers? And in if the Celtics don't lose to the Sixers, who do they lose to in their upcoming schedule? Because I've got it right up in front of me if you want to hear it. Hmm. No, I'm looking in at In the regular right season, the play-in tournament notwithstanding, because who cares about the play-in tournament? They're, I don't see that. I think that Minnesota's game, Minnesota game is going to be a little bit closer than people think. I think it's going to be a dogfight because it is in Minnesota. Mm. Unless uh, Anthony Edwards scores 40, they ain't got a hope in hell. Yeah, but Anthony Edwards has the capability to do that. That's what I mean. <laughs> if Anthony Edwards has a great night, then maybe. But I don't think Anthony Edwards is going to have you know more than 30 against the great defense of Boston. He might have only 25. And if he has 25, Timberwolves are going to get shellacked. It's going to get mm-hmm. a 15-point loss. I don't even know and, what the spread not- is. And nothing will make you make you happier than seeing Tatum dunk on Towns. Nothing will make me happier than Porzingis sending Towns every shot into the eighth eighth row into the uh, into the into the second grandstand <laughs> before I cuss again before I cuss the, for the first time today. Christ, the, the quote unquote great Carl Anthony Towns, the the revolutionary Carl Anthony Towns, yeah, the the best offensive big man in in, in ever. <laughs> anyway, let's not talk about that absolute idiot. <laughs> Guy's so good he had to play for the Dominican Republic anyway. Anyway. <clears throat> anyway. Isn't, that where, Isn't that where he's from, though? I don't know, and I don't care. And Bede's from what? Cameroon? And he's in the USA, yeah. And he's playing for know. the Americans this, in, in Paris? I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. You could play for a better country if you wanted to, Cap, but they don't want you because you suck. You're a bum. Anyway. So um, the Celtics are giving Timberwolves tonight. Do they lose the Sixers on Wednesday? I want to. I, I think it ends against the Sixers. So you if not, lose to the Sixers. If not, it will end. That's in Philadelphia, might I add? Because they play. They play at Philadelphia a week after that too. They do. So if it doesn't end then. It might end like during that four-game road trip. I'll be honest, Cage. The game that's sticking with me right now, because looking at their schedule, no team really scares me till the Magic on the twenty-fourth of November. Like later this month, they play the Magic in Orlando. That's gonna be a rough game. That's going to be a rough game. And I don't see. know if the Celtics are going to be able to beat Orlando in Orlando. But Let's I love I, that. That's going to be a fun game to watch, regardless. That's actually in the play-in, so I shouldn't even actually mention that game. They don't play the Magic. They play the Magic twice at home in two days. Or in three in three days, they play them twice at home. So honestly, Cage, I don't really see a loss here for a while. Maybe the Clippers in December? Like, the Celtics could go a pretty long time undefeated, depending on how the Sixers games goes. Because they're probably the best team on the schedule right now. Because Celtics play against the Timberwolves, the Sixers, a play-in tournament game against the Nets, the Raptors at home, the Knicks at home. The Knicks game scares me. Scares me, Cage. That's one that worries me because they played them. They only beat them by four in New York. Yeah, but, but it, I feel like that's just like a bogey team for the Celtics right now. Like I want to see them dominate the, the Knicks to feel confident. But it's in Boston, so it's that, like that's the other thing. You know what? You're right. It's at the Garden. The Celtics are going to lose at the Garden. Anyway, so then but the Celtics play again against the Sixers maybe I'm being, at home. Maybe I'm, being a, maybe I'm being a homer here. Of course. We know that. But it's the 17th. Like, if 
if they if they if they somehow don't get a loss before the seventeenth, that Toronto game might be a little bit iffy. Well, that's a play-in tournament game, so again, notwithstanding that game either. Oh, that they is. Gotta play, is. They got to play. They got to play at Memphis. They're gonna beat Memphis at Charlotte. They're gonna beat Charlotte. Then at home against the Bucks on the twenty-second. That's also gonna be a rough game. They got to play the at the at Milwaukee on the twenty-second of November. They then oh, got to no, go no, play no, their play-in tournament no. game at. That's in the Garden. Orlando. Oh no, but I, I okay. I meant to say they play the Milwaukee in Boston. Then they got to go at Orlando to play mm-hmm. the Magic in their in in turning game. Those are gonna be two rough games to play back to back. Just about. Get one day off, fight Orlando. If I, if anything, I think one of the one of those losses is going to come on the road. So you'd probably have to think if it's on the road, it's going to be the Sixers because they're not going to lose to Memphis. They're not going to lose to Tim the Timberwolves. They're not going to lose to the Hornets. No. And no. then if you go to their next, then if you go to the next road game after um, the Hornets, notwithstanding their playing game. It's December 29th against the Warriors. They have, what is it, after the playing game, they have six straight home games. They they host the Hawks, the Bulls, the Sixers, the Cavs, the Magic, and the and the, uh, and the Magic again. And then mm. they play the Warriors in, uh, in uh, San Francisco and then play at Sacramento and at L.A. So I assume they just do an L.A. road trip, it looks like, and then play yeah. the Lakers again. So they got to complete the L.A. road trip. Which is gonna be a rough road trip. They might go two and two in that road trip against those four teams, especially with the Clippers with their new look with Harden. Yep. So, Celtics. It does. It will get a little harder for the Celtics, but you know, I'll be honest. By the time they get to that break from December first to December fourteenth, I assume that's been some playing. I assume that's the play-in tournament. But regardless of regular season ball, I assume that the six from the Sixers game to the Cavs game between the first and fourteenth of December. By the time we get to the Sixers, which if I quickly count is 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12 games before December, or on December first be the 12th game in the regular season. Or actually, I sorry, I actually included another playing game. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. So it's 10 regular season games to December 1st for the Celtics. So in those 10 games, I'd say they lose maybe two. So that means mm-hmm. they're still going to be, what, 13 and 2? Notwithstanding the playing games, that's the playing tournament. Yep. So, I mean, the Celtics, you know, the poor Bucks might not have much time to make it up on the Celtics right now with how well they're playing. Obviously, they're going to have bad nights, and they could have a bad night against the Timberwolves tonight and lose. I'm just thinking that even on a bad night, like when they played against the Knicks, which was a horrible night, they still beat them. Yeah. I, the Knicks are better than Timberwolves. And yeah, the Knicks have had a bad start, but I still think the Knicks are better than, better than the Timberwolves. So as long as they don't have that bad game in Philadelphia twice or in maybe Memphis, who maybe they figure it out, or they do it against Milwaukee and Boston, you know, I have some confidence that Celtics can basically beat everybody maybe withstanding the two games in Philadelphia and then the game against Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So the Celtics may be able to continue this run just a little bit longer. But we'll have to see, and we'll know by Thursday if that Sixers game, that first Sixers game in Philadelphia is going to be a win or a loss for the Celtics, which then will make us look at the 15th against the Sixers again in Philadelphia if that may be a loss for the Celtics. We have to play against mm. Philadelphia at Philadelphia and then play their first, uh, their second play-in tournament game at Toronto. So, again, a kind of rough back-to-back there for the Celtics. Yeah. Well, back to, two games in three days back-to-back kind of thing. But anyway, as we've talked about, James Harden, 
making his debut for the Clippers tonight at the Garden. That's MSG against the Knicks, against the Knickerbockers. Gage, I saw you already texting me your bet for tonight, and it has Harden over five and a half assists. What do you expect from James Harden going into tonight for the Clippers? A, what do you think his role is going to be? And B, what do you think he does in that role? Well, he did say he was willing to sacrifice within the Clippers offense. He also said he's not a system player. He is the system, which was which I thought was absolutely hilarious. And that is a good quote, isn't it? It is. It really is. It's hilarious. Um, I don't expect him to be scoring the ball too much. I think he's going to try to like, get used to with get used to being in within the flow of the Clippers offense. So I saw that five and five point five assists. I'm like, that's too low. I'm like, that's a little too low for me. So had well, to happen. Here's the starting lineup right now for the Clippers. James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Zubak are the uh, the expected starting five moving forward. Mm-hmm. Now that starting five would be great 10 years ago. Actually, we're starting the five would be great five years ago. But right now, I don't know what the ceiling is because I don't know what those four guys in Leonard, George, Westbrook, and Harden are going to be able to do on the floor together. I just don't know. I just don't know. But Westbrook and George have played together with each other back in their OKC days. And Harden's played with Westbrook in in his uh, Houston days and his OKC days. Yeah. Everyone's kind of played with each other. It's more just I don't know how the four guys on the floor that all are going to want the ball relatively, they're going to want mm-hmm. their shots, how they're going to basically how they're going to share that ball properly. I don't think distribute West- it properly. I don't think Westbrook's going to be an issue because Westbrook's right now kind of known his role. Like yeah, he's been the per- he-, he has been the perfect rock promo cage that's one of my favorite that's one of my favorite quotes the rock ever said on wwf television know your role and shut your mouth Pretty and much. i and i and i like that one because westbrook has really known his role yeah he's not he's been okay being that third wheel that bench guy at times for the clippers and i don't really think he's been i don't think he's really been on the bench for the clippers but he's played he hasn't done too much he hasn't done too much, so I don't think Westbrook's going to be the issue. How are Leonard and George going to adjust not having the ball in their hands as much? I think that's the bigger issue. Um, because Harden likes having the basketball in his hands. Like, he likes having a high usage rate there. So it remains to be seen, can Harden adjust to Leonard and George? Because let's be real here, like Harden at this stage can score, but not to the same degree as he did in his Houston Rockets days, and not to the same degree right now as Kawhi and PG. So I think it's somebody's got to put their egos aside. Somebody's got to put their ego to the side. And make it work. And it won't be Kawhi and PG. Westbrook's already done that. So I think it's got to be Harden that has to, like, he's the newcomer here. He has to adjust to 
what the Clippers want to do offensively. And I think he's going to take be more that playmaker that he was with the Sixers. So I would expect Harden to continue being more of the lead the lead playmaker and dish out dimes, which when I saw that five five and a half assist line is that was just ridiculous to me. Ultimately, what's going to determine how high this ceiling is going to be for the Clippers is health. That's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing for me is health. Well, Cage, to move on to the Golden State Warriors now, and not the Golden State Warriors team necessarily, who have had a great start to the year and gotten back um, probably their most impactful player, not their best player in in Draymond Green, as much as I hate to say those words in that order, mm-hmm. that they are he that is that is basically a fact that Draymond Green is probably the most important is the most important player, the most impactful player to the to the Warriors, especially defensively. Mm-hmm. But Steve Kerr, last episode we talked about how to help players play more, how to get guys to stop taking so many rest days and arguably fake injuries to get days off. Steve Kerr, coach of the Golden State Warriors, not only agreed with me, said he firmly, I believe firmly that the that we should have a shorter NBA season, he said. I think somewhere around 70 to 73 games would be a huge boost for the NBA, to be honest with you. We need that extra rest. We have too many games right now. The players play so hard. They have to train so hard. I have to coach these guys, and I see it. I played myself 15 years in the NBA. It's something that I feel very strongly about, that we could come to a position where we have a stronger product and a stronger league if we cut down the schedule. He also mentioned that's off the back of playing now the in-season tournament plus the 82-game season. He also mentioned that he loves to play in tournament and sees no reason why they can't do it. It's just scheduling has to be more effective for everybody. I can't but say I disagree. I mean, Steve Kerr agreeing with me makes me feel pretty good about myself. And I said it before he did, I believe. He said it on November 3rd. I said it before November 3rd. So I'm feeling pretty good right now. You said before November 3rd? I'm, I'm 99% sure. I'll make sure I go check. Yep, you did. I did. There you go. How about that? I beat him to the punch. <laughs> But no, like he's right, but the NBA won't do it. The NBA won't do it because of revenue and TV deals. And it sucks because, like, we've seen a lot more injuries as of late, especially to start off the season. Like, Beal not even playing. Boker's only played two games and now has a calf strain. Um, where am I going with this? Um, McCollum is also out for the McCollum. The, now uh, collapsed. Right, no, no, uh, the normal thorax in his right lung. Something that he dealt with in Portland a couple of seasons ago, too. Um... And that's, a, that's a good Pelicans team, too. That's not, that's not a bottom feeder. That's the Pelicans team that we just mentioned. It's, it's pretty high right now in the Western Conference. Um, and 
there's going to be some struggle too because McCollum basically is the healthier of the three between him, Ingram, and Zion Williamson. So it's kind of like a terrifying proposition. It's kind of terrifying if you're a Pelicans fan that you have to rely on the health of Zion and Brandon Ingram to for them to stay healthy until McCollum comes back because they have proven that that has that they haven't done that yet. Um, Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, fractured his finger in the last possession, like in the dying seconds of the. I want to say it was the dying seconds of like the Jazz Magic Magic game. Um, who else has been hurt? There's so many guys, Caden. I can't remember them all. Devin Vassell, groin strain. Luckily, he's day to day. Um, but the primary beneficiary of that is that Wemby can go off if they can feed him the ball. But I digress. Um, Nick Claxton, high ankle sprain. So it's, uh, Brooklyn's been forced to play small. Kyrie Irving has been dealing with a foot sprain. He's been back. Um, Draymond Green just came back from an ankle injury too. Deer and Fox ankle injury he's still out but it'll be a matter of time before he he comes back too so there's a lot of guys that are hurt a lot of guys that are hurt more than more so than usual and it's it's starting to get out of hand and you would and it we've talked about how like the player like how resting has Resting guys has been like an epidemic in the NBA, but what might be an even bigger epidemic is the lack of rest and the la- the lack of rest during the offseason and excessive training. Because AD's been known for missing games. LeBron's been known for missing games during his Lakers tenure. So Steve Kerr is right, and you're right too, that... The season should be shorter. I just don't see that happening on like if the NBA thinks of revenue and TV deals and money, I don't see that happening though. No, you're probably right, but I'm hoping the in-season tournament would be able to to take that over. You know what I mean? Be like, hey, we gave the in-season tournament, which gives you more games inherently. Let's cut down on the other stuff. Let's give ourselves a chance to be like, okay, we're gonna cut down on everything else that we do because of the in-season tournament that we've added. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that's going to happen, um, but I would hope that would be the argument that the NBA would hold is, but we gave it the in-season tournament, so we're going to cut 10 games for the in-season tournament, basically. Yeah. To give the guys the rest that they all apparently need, as, again, the injuries have been coming thick and fast in the NBA this season. And such a shame. Taken away from some big teams and some big games. Yeah, and it just makes you wonder, like, wh- like, what have you guys been doing there in the off season? Or is it even bi- is it even deeper than that? Definitely makes you wonder what in the world is going on in the off season with a top a lot of these top NBA stars if they're doing the uh, the Nikola Jokic riding his horses and you know watching horse racing, or if maybe they're like LeBron with his stringent. So you say, uh regiment during the off season because i'm going to be because i'm going to be honest here like 
in terms of like the situation with Phoenix, I didn't think Kevin Durant would be the healthiest of the three. But yet he is right now. And it makes me wonder if he's going to carry on this low, how long till he goes down? I don't know if we're going to have a good enough answer that's going to satisfy us in the long run because there is a sensible answer is reducing this the season to like 70 to 73 games. But will it happen? Who knows? Who knows? But Cage, I'm still trying, and I'll be honest here. So I'm trying to find at least one or two more names for the Scrabble board because I've got one that I think is going to stump you, and I'm really happy with it. But I can't find another one, Cage. I can't find somebody else I want to add to this. Okay. So I'm trying to think of something else we can talk about so I can find one more name. Send us home. Um, Is there anything else you want to talk about? Is there any other story in the NBA right now that's been going off in your mind that you want to talk about? Jamal Murray, also on the injured list right now. Hamstring injury. Um, what do you think? Of, but you know what? Here's a good question. What do you think of the play in tournament courts? All of the courts have been released. You can see all 30 of them right now. What have you think? What do you think of all of them? What do you think of the ones you've seen in action from the last play in tournament games that were played just a couple of days ago? I'm gonna keep it real, Spence. It's hurting my eyes. Too bright for your old eyes? Yeah, too bright for my old eyes. I'm already blind enough as it is. <laughs> That's the other issue. That's one. That's one. That's one of the bigger issues here. I'm already blind enough as it is. Seeing those courts, oh boy, oh boy. Let me let, let me go back to the courts. Because I'm like, what in the <laughs> from worst to best? Oh, here we go. Worst to best. I like this. I actually don't mind the Pelicans court. They have the Pelicans as terrible. The Wizards. I don't know what they have. The Warriors don't look as bad. Detroit is kind of decent. The Spurs look like more so the Supersonics. That's the issue I have. Um, the Suns just look too cartoonish. The Mavs, eh. it just looks, it just look, it just looks. Too, yeah, I mean, it does work. It's, it's, it's like coming out, coming out of, the, uh, coming off of a Western, so. Texas is known for that. Brooklyn's like a little bit too Brooklyn. Um, a lot of gray. The Raptors at least won't hurt my eyes. Um, I would have liked to see a little bit more purple. Purple and red from like the Raptors. I, I want to say the Heat don't look bad. Utah's color schemes are okay, but I don't think it like aside from like the middle, it's not executed well aside from that. Next, next I'm not even going to look at that. that. That's just too bright. I don't know why the Hawks are baby blue. The Lakers are too bright. I'm like, no. The Celtics color schemes are good, but like, but something about the Boston logo that's like, I'd rather see the Leprechaun. Who doesn't love the Leprechaun? Mm, exactly. The Bulls one doesn't look too bad, but also it's bright. I kind of like the Sixers one, especially with the 76 there. Like, it's looking, it's looking clean. All right, Cage, I'm ready to go now so you can finish up whenever you're ready. The the Wolves look good. The Grizzlies. I'm going to look at these goofy play-in tournament courts now, too. The play-in tournament courts. Let's let's take a look at these. I think think the worst one for me. Oh, Lord. It's too far out. NBA, I need a a list. Give me me a list, will you? 
Here we go. I assume you're looking at the SB Nation article. I'm like SB Nation, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. So I'm just going to follow you then. Okay, so you've gone through basically all of them, I think. Yeah, you got to Charlotte. Where, where is Charlotte? I, Charlotte's I, at the I, very, I, like, like fourth or fifth, I think. As my wife sounds like, screams a little bit too much. Hornets is actually not looking too bad. Okay, got to be honest here, Cage. I love the green on the Pelicans one. It's ugly. It's It's ugly. It's it's ugly. The Wizards. The Wizards is too gray. That looks ugly. Golden State's an mm. ugly brown color. I love I honestly I like Detroit's. I don't like how much gray there is, Cage, but I like Detroit. If it was if it was that dark blue they used to wear, or even that teal blue they used to wear and the red, that would that that core would be sick. Mm. I just wish I just wish it wasn't gray. But I like that I like the Detroit logo, I guess, in the middle of the floor is what I'm trying to say. Um I Wait, what the hell do I want to just look at? Oh, yeah, I don't like the Wizards. I don't like the Pelicans. The Warriors looks ugly. Um, The Pist... What the hell? Oh, it's why it's under. Uh, San Antonio's looks ugly. Um, I honestly like Phoenix's. I kind of like Phoenix's. I like kind of like that that blue with that purple. I kind of like it. Mm-hmm. The Mavs is boring. That's true. The Nets is boring. All gray. Raptors, ew. All gray. And black, ew. Put some red. Put some gold in there. The heat one, purple. the heat one looks eh. The jack, I like Utah's. I wish there was a different color than just purple, but I like purple, so I like Utah's. The mm-hmm. Knicks is pretty simple, so I think it, I think it works for what the New York Knicks do. The Hawks looks eh. I think it looks okay, I guess. The Lakers is iconic. It's, it's obvious. Celtics obvious. I like the logo in the middle, it's obvious. Uh, the Bulls, I like the white logo and all the red. Um, the 76ers logo looks sick on their court. Uh, the Timberwolves yuck their logo and yuck Carl Anthony Towns, so they're last on my list. Um, I don't like Memphis's. They're boring too with all the gray. Um, but Memphis does have a lot of gray. The land. I didn't know the Cavs were called the land. I don't like their court because like the court's ugly. It's just all like gray. Like it's all like a cream color. It's kind of ugly. Ugh. I love OKC's. OKC's looks great. Dark blue, light blue with that like orange logo in the middle. That's gonna look sick. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mind the Rockets. The Hornets looks pretty good. Eh, I'm not sure. I like the the bottom color, but I do like the top color. I like how the logo picks out of the of the middle color. Um, I wish they would have let the teams have a little more freedom with the court colors and the court setup. I don't mind the Nuggets. I don't know what the hell five two eight zero means. I think it's an area code or something. Oh, five five thousand two hundred and eighty feet in a mile. Yeah, I, I, okay. I assumed it was something to do with with the location, but I like the color scheme. I love the I love the magic logo. Hate the gray. Hate all the gray. The gray sucks. I lo- mm-hmm. Indies looks amazing. Indies looks so trendy. I know you're gonna hate it because it's so blue, but I love Indiana's. I love Indiana's. The Clippers looks. Eh. I didn't know how to feel about Indiana, but it works. It, it it works for the young team I too like it's not like an old grimy team like the Lakers it's like a young vibey team with all their young guys like I, I like it I think seeing mm-hmm. I just think they have jerseys to match this they have jerseys to match this color scheme and they got Halliburton and Matherin oh my god um I don't like Milwaukee's well that's a lie I actually don't mind Milwaukee's the logo's kind of eh and I don't really like the, like the cream color but I think it works you know what I mean like I don't really like it but I can see how it works mm-hmm. I. Don't mind Portland's, and then they have number one is Sacramento. I love that Sacramento logo. I hate all the gray. Pick another color. 
you literally have purple as your main color, go with purple. Mm. Like, why is it gray? But anyway, now that we're going done going through all of the ugly slash good looking, especially Indiana. Indiana is my Indiana is my one. Indiana looks so cool. I might watch an Indiana in season tournament game just to see that court in action. That looks lit. Anyway, so Cajun, to end off our show, we're going to go with the Scrabble board. Again, we do it once a week. I've been doing it a lot on Thursdays, so I wanted to do it today. And the reason why I wanted to do it today is we're going to do government names. You mentioned earlier with OG Ananobi, and OG Ananobi's oh, name is not in here, by the way. So we're going to oh. do government first names. And the first one surprised me because on Google, if you look at the scoreboard on Google, it has this name, not his nickname that I know him as. Are you ready? It's got an apostrophe, might I add. So I split into two names, technically. Okay. So are you ready? There's three names. Correct? Three names. Okay. There's three names. There's three names total, but I, I the first name is like two like it's two halves basically. Okay. Okay. Big number I'm throwing out. Okay, so the first half is H N A apostrophe N H S O. N H S O. I'll give you hints because again, these are first names of NBA players that do not go by this name. Tell me when you need right, a give hint. Give me a hint. He plays for the Los Angeles Clippers. Do you need another hint? Yeah. He was one. He was traded for from the Clippers. He got traded to them from the Denver Nuggets. Wait, 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 wait. That should give it away. Oh wait. I know Bones Island, but I'm trying to figure out what it's like. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what it is. I can tell you. Oh, wait. Yes, it makes sense. It's Nashawn. Nashawn Highland, better known as Bones Highland. If you go on Google right now, Kate, look at a scoreboard of the last Nugget or last Clippers game. It says Nashawn Highland. I got so confused. I went, I saw Nashawn. Who the hell is that? Went Highland? Bones? They don't call him Bones? I only know him as Bones Highland. I don't know him as Nashan. I don't know him that way. All right, so you got the first one. You ready for the second one? Yes. I'm a little scared now. Now, now this one, I, I'm not sure if you're going to get. The last one I think you might get after some after some giving away. This one, yeah. I, I have no idea if you'll be able to get it or not. B-D-H-O-I-A-A-A-A. Now, these hints are going to be a little more intense i'm gonna be a little more uh careful with these hints i'm not gonna give it away as much I, I knew you were never gonna get bones all right i'm gonna need a hint for this because he I well I am, I am cheating it's not last names it's first names and they're 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 not called by this so how would you know this without you know being you so i i will openly admit that this is definitely a tougher you know tougher than normal episode anyway he is one of my favorite players in the nba he's probably top 10 i would say at least he was coming in. I get one more clue, right? I'll give you two more for this one because I want to make this one a little harder. So there's your first clue. He's one of my favorite players. You would know him as one of my favorite players, I should say. I have my next in for you if you want it. I uh, go at it. He was traded this offseason from his team that drafted him to his new team. And I'll give you the teams in my next in if you can't get it from here. He was traded this offseason, so he's on a new okay. team this year. Okay. Um, I 
Uh, give me the third one. He was traded from the New York Knicks to the Indiana Pacers. See, <sighs> I'll even give him some. I'll, I'll give away his college team, Cajun. Former no, no, Dayton no, 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 Fly. No, no. I, I, I know, I know who it is now. Of course, you know Obi, who it is. Obi Toppin. Obadia Toppin or Obadia Richard Toppin Jr. But I know it was Ob Toppin is number two. It's Obadia. His name was Obadia Toppin, I believe. I believe that's Wait, what did you? Was it E D H O I A A? More time. Or B. Or is B okay? Yeah, B B D H O. Okay, okay. Are you ever the last one? Now this one might get you. I'll give it away right now. It is two different names because it's right. not a junior. If you understand what I'm saying. So here's the name. So it's two different names. First name, H I I N T A S C R. Sorry, what now? That's the that's one of the two. Oh boy. That, that's the first name. Oh boy. The second name? Yeah. M S J E A. Both of these two names equal out to his the name he goes by in the NBA. And I can give you hints when we get there. When you wait, when wait. you when you need a help. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. I'm waiting. I, a lot of googling going on over there. No, I think I I I know what it's thing. I just want to know. All right, give me a clue. He was drafted in 2013 in the first round, I should say, as well. Drafted in 2013. I'll give you four hints for this one because I've got a, I got the next two hints might help you, but might not enough. Okay, give me another one. He has played for only two teams in his career, so he's been drafted since 20. He's been in the league since 2013. He's only played for two NBA teams since. That includes the team that drafted him. So he's played for the team that drafted him and one other team. Does that help you? Because here's the, the next one. I think <clears throat> I think I know what the name. I think I know what the two names like scrambled up are. Mm -hmm. You don't know who it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll give you the next hint. He has been on his newest team since 2022. So he's kind of new to his new team, to his second team. So it's been a while with the first one. Oh, wait. Wait a second. Wait a, wait a second. CJ McCollum. Christian James McCollum. Christian James McCollum. Mr. CJ McCollum it is. And you go three for three on the scalpel board. A rough <laughs> week this week for you, Cage. Rough huh? Rough, rough day for you, Cage. Rough day. But I, I did give you some toughies. Well... I knew it was Christian James off the bat, but I was like, who is named Christian James? But 2013, I'm like, 2013, like, and he's been on one team for, like, the longest. It's like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's Christian James McCollum is CJ. That's why I said it's not a junior. 
Because usually when you say CJ or at TJ, you think it's a junior. But CJ is not a junior. James, like, who, who, like, what is it known? And then CJ, I'm like, oh, boy. That's when that's when it kind of hit. I'm like, wait a second. Yes, but I still cannot believe Google has Bones Highland as his, his legal government name is Nashon. When I've never heard my my Nishan life Nashon. Because I've never ever called him Nashon or Nashon. Okay, oh, it's Bones. Man. Call him Bones. Okay, he likes Bones. He likes eating Bones. He's Bones. Okay, goddamn. He's like the Yu-Gi-Oh character. Bones. Okay, Bones. Bones is Bones. Anyway, that, that is Yu-Gi-Oh reference, by the way. There was a character named Bones in Yu-Gi-Oh, I believe. He looked like a skeleton too. You find him. In the, <laughs> they find him in the graveyard in Battle City, I want to say. But anyway, mm-hmm. anyway, I am a Yu-Gi-Oh fan, but I yeah, I am also a nerd, sports fan and nerd. I know I'm a great combination. I get all the girls. Uh, anyway, if you made it all the way to the end, thank you so much for tuning in. Cajun favorite Danny Coslam alongside myself, Spencer Byers. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you on Thursday for more regularly scheduled programming here on the Outrage Inc.